Hey, this is Vernon Jacobs, Senior Pastor of the Embassy Church. I want to thank you for engaging with us through this podcast. May it build your faith and strengthen your walk and cause you to reach the rooftop in Christian living. Don't forget to aim high and never give up. Let's go now straight into this word. This morning, I want to uh, pastor you rather than sermonize because I, I do believe that uh, we need to, to hear God's counsel for the situation that we are uh, undergoing. And so rather than to, uh, to, to give you a, a full sermon, I want to talk to us this morning. Is that all right? And so if you're a guest to our online service, I just want you to know that you may not be getting the full sermon as we are used to, to giving, but I want to just pastor our church and to take us through the situation or this waters that we are going through. Now, here's uh, what I'm led to, to do for this week. We are going to declare, and as I do now, declare a three-day fast from Monday to Wednesday. We are going to fast and we are going to pray. At the end of the day, when it comes to seven o'clock, I am going to go and convene a Zoom meeting. Now, I will send you via WhatsApp on our WhatsApp system. We'll send you the address. And for those of you that have the devices and the program to join it, I want to encourage as many of you as a family to join in our Zoom meetings. And I'm going to do a devotional and I'm going to lead us in prayer. Now, this is not the time to play games. And that's why, as I was sitting at my desk this week, God impressed on my heart, declare a fast, and get the church to pray. And so, I'm going to ask you to, to, to engage and embark on that, on that prayer, on that fast, and uh, join us. Now, we've enlarged our capacity to have a good audience on Zoom. Uh, there's enough capacity. We've bought extra space on Zoom and we can accommodate as many families as would want to join. We'll send, as I said, we'll send you the link and I'm, I'm asking you, you know, I preached to you once that Samson was playing games with Delilah whilst Delilah was not playing games with Samson. Now, is not the time to play games in the spiritual dimension. I know you're doing your guard and all of those things, uh, but we need to have a spiritual guard, as I will show you through the Word of God, that we need to take the spiritual and put it over what's going on physical. When you match it, you'll find demons powers and principalities behind what's going on. And we as a church need to rise. And I know your peace is paramount to you. But if you truly want to have godly peace, then I think this is the spiritual discipline that must be exercised. The fasting as well as the prayer. And I'll see you on Zoom on Monday night, Tuesday night, and on Wednesday night, and we'll break our fast. If you can do a three full day fast, great. If you can do a morning fast, that's great. Whatever type of fast you choose, uh, that's, that's good. And we're going to pray together. Now, as I was uh, driving here, I had a call and we had an interesting conversation with one of our members. And you know, he said, Pastor, I want to thank you that uh, we have been under the covering of the blood of Jesus through communion. And the word of God has not only sustained us through the first wave and the second wave, but also through the third wave 
of COVID and we are all intact under the blood of Jesus. He said uh, we've also been through a tsunami of this uh, unrest and God has brought us through. I want to tell you today that it's the prayer covering that you are enjoying. It's only the grace of God. It's the blood of Jesus that is keeping us undercover. Now, interestingly, the Israelites in Exodus chapter number 13, they put the blood of, of the lamb on the doorposts of the house, but they also stayed inside it and they had to eat all of the, the sacrifice inside it. That speaks about you got to stay undercover and you got to eat all of the word for your preservation and protection. And so this, this morning I rise to tell you that although you have the blood covering, you also got to eat a lot of the word of God. And you got to also stay inside of God. So it's not only the blood. You can have the blood sprinkled, but walk out beforehand and you can be uh, in trouble. So uh, to preserve you, it's to have the blood of Jesus, to be undercover, and also to eat all of the word. And that's why word is very important. If you're a member of the embassy church, we always stress that it's the word of God. I always want to teach. I will not make a statement without having the backing of the word of God to it. And that's why we always say, if you stand by the word of God, the God of the word will stand by you. Let me say it again. Stand by the word of God and the God of the word will stand by you. Now, this morning, I'm going to talk to you on four points. Uh, that's not, not going to uh, labor them, but I want to get it into your spirit. Number one is going to be anger. I'm going to deal with the issue of anger. Number two, I'm going to talk about leadership in crisis. Number three, I'm going to bring to you conspiracy and momentum. Uh, and the last one, and which is the main point, is uh, the consequence of the loot. And I'm going to show you that there's a spirit, a spiritual wickedness, and a spiritual force behind the loot and the looting. Are you ready this morning? I would advise you to get a device to, to record this because it's going to help you. Um, and keep your brain for creativity. So your devices should be for storage of the material. Record it. Write it down or note it down. And take down notes. Come on now. You need to learn to take down notes so that you can replay it, refresh it, and uh, it can really speak to you. All right? You ready? Let's go. Now, let me address the issue of anger. And everybody is so angry aren't we angry angry about the situation and and there's so many voices so many waves on the inside of us that is festering causing it this anger to fester now if you are feeling that anger and you're asking me pastor is it right to have feelings of anger well the bible says in ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 be angry be angry, but it also says, and do not sin. 
one statement has two commands the first is be angry you are allowed to be angry at things values injustices things that are contrary to good morals god says to us he commands us be angry be angry at injustice be angry at oppression but he also commands and do not sin now you can be angry at injustice jesus was angry at the thieves in the temple he took a whip and he started to whip them it was a righteous anger i would like to say that it had a anger with a spiritual nature uh there's two types of natures behind an anger spiritual nature in one and an emotional nature so you can be angry and become emotional or you can be angry and you can keep it uh, uh being being spiritual now our reactions to god our suburbs can come out of anger but we must god that we are not executing whatever we do with rage so anger is motivating you to go out there uh the sense of insecurity is uh urging us to go out there and we we have a lot of anger but in your action don't become emotional and act with rage because that action is going to cause another reaction and so when we are done with one problem we must not give rise inside of being uh consumed is that the word paralyzed or intoxicated with so much of anger that it is out of control now angry people who are out of control they look outwardly instead of standing and looking inwardly all right so they we we must look inwardly the more upset you are yes what i want to say the more upset you are the less you are going to hear from god the more upset you are the less you are going to hear from god and you cannot hear god when you are in turmoil now with this i want to say to you don't allow bitter waters murky waters to make your the water of your spirit cloudy you need to in this time as you navigate through the situation do not become murky in your spirit don't allow bitter waters to make your sweet waters bitter i call it the waters of mara don't allow the waters of mara to flow into the waters of zion you are the carriers of god's water in this in this time listen jesus was able to calm the disciples storm because he never interacted with the disciples fear and you will not be able to be people that will bring peace in a storm if you are stormy in yourself so i want to urge you today that chaos must not reign inside of you how do you do this we are going to pray be still one of the the words uh that came through i think pastor nisha mentioned be still and know that i am god we have to find that place of serenity 
We have to enter into the courage of God and keep the frame of our souls peaceful. Now let your soulish realm come under the leadership of your spirit. We've been, we've been building you up. We've been building your, the core, the central part of your spirit. We've been talking much about the Holy Spirit. My family of God, now is that time. I told you, if you didn't need that word then, you'll need it for some time in the future. That future is now, now. It's come to its present. You've got to have a strong spiritual core on which you are going to lean in now. Lean in now. This is the time. As the songwriter said, Jesus now more than ever, we are sailing through stormy weather. So let your soulish realm come under the leadership of your spirit. Now, there's, there's a leadership crisis that's going on. And I want to tell you this morning, if you're a father and a mother, your children are looking to you as a leader. Once I said this, and it will be good to say it again. When I'm flying through uh, turbulence on an airplane, uh, and, and the plane is, 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 is a, it's a bumpy ride, and the T is flying, and, and everything is shaking, I look at the reaction of the, 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 the steward, or the stewardess, the AOSTES, and I see, I look at their face. If they are calm, I remain calm. If they are scattering and if they have fear, then I know something is going on because they have more experience in the air. And uh, parents, I want to tell you today, your children are looking at your face. Your children are listening to your conversation. What are you filling your homes with? What type of conversation? Whether, you know, sometimes the children may be playing at one place, but they are listening to the voices. What? type of leadership are you giving? Are you giving a leadership that shows that you are managing it or are you giving a leadership that shows that you are in crisis? And so this, 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 this morning or whatever time you're listening to me, the re how you react is going to affect those uh, that you are influencing. And so we are in a leadership void right now and when people get intoxicated with anger, under your leadership, you must, be, you must remain sober with the right counsel. If not, when they become sober, they will blame you for being intoxicated. Let me say that again. A lot of people become mesmerized with our anointing, with our leadership. And sometimes they can become so intoxicated that they want to do Things that are ridiculous. But you must be sober enough to say that is not right. Because when they become sober, uh, they will say to you that uh, you were too intoxicated under it as well. I'm not sure if that makes sense. But just to drive the point home, I want to just say that we must remember that the banqueting master never gets drunk on his own wine. If he does, he will lose his tasting mandate. He will be fired from his job. If he gets too drunk with the wine that he was supposed to taste, I'm not sure how this works, but I think you need to taste it and spit it out, not drink, taste it, drink it, and get drunk. So the, the banqueting master never drinks from the same table that he's tasting, all right? And so let's remain um, influential and give the right type of advice. As a leader then, I want to also 
talk to us about our range of influence. Now, you know, in Deuteronomy chapter number one and verse 15, you can study it later. It speaks about you have captains of tens, captains of fifties, captains of hundreds, and captains of a thousand. I'm not sure what type of group you lead. There are many of you may come into an influential place as you guard your suburbs, as you travel in vehicles guarding. There's a voice inside of you. Now, inside of that circle and center of influence, I want you to have a godly voice to those people. You are going to be a captain of 10, captains of 50s. What conversation is coming out of your mouth? I want you to know today, because you carry the image of God, your tongue is creative. Use your voice to create Use your voice to build. You know, God has put this in my spirit and I'm just putting it out in every forum that I am on, every platform, as I will do now. And this sermon, is this, this, this counsel that I'm giving to you is called, We Will Rise Again. We will rise again. Everywhere I post, I'm saying, we will rise again. We will rise again. And I come to you today, not because I'm just... Uh, preaching as if it were but I come to you with a mandate from God and I say to you we will rise again every adversity always produces an opportunity don't die inside the problem arise with solutions and uh, you know Moses was bringing the people out and he was going through problems in the wilderness but there's one thing he, he always did he painted a picture of hope he told them that we are marching to Canaan's land. They said, what's in Canaan's land? He said, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. You know what Moses did? He gave them hope. He painted on the canvas of their hearts a picture of hope, a picture of Canaan's land, a land that we, uh, where we have houses that we've never built, uh, vineyards that we've never planted, and, and the people were eager. Let me tell you, my friend, you can live without food for 40 days. You can stay without water for four days. You can stay without oxygen for four minutes, but you cannot live another moment without hope. Hope. That's why the songwriter wrote in Johannesburg, give me hope, Johanna. Give me hope, Johanna. We need hope to go ahead. And so today I want to encourage you that you, when you speak words, speak words that create capacity. Tell your, tell your neighbors, we will rise again. We will rise again. We will rise again. All right. So I just want to leave that part with you. The next thing I want to talk to you about is the conspiracy. The conspiracy of Absalom. Are you ready? I want you to lean in and here it comes. As Christians and believers, we must always look for a spirit that's driving the physical. I'm going to show you a spiritual precept this morning through 2 Samuel chapter 15. If you were a good student, I want you to read the entire chapter. But inside of it, you will read of Absalom, the son of King David. It enters into Absalom's heart that he can make a better king than his father. 
And so he has a motive to overrun, overthrow his father, starting from one state, taking over into the next state. Second uh, Samuel chapter number 15, verse 11. The Bible says, here it is on your screen. And with Absalom went 200 men invited from Jerusalem and they went along. Here's a word that I want you to underline. And they went along innocently and did not know anything. And verse 12 says, and the conspiracy grew strong for the people with Absalom continually increased in number. You know, uh, Absalom is the only one that knows that he's going to overthrow. And he calls people who innocently, the Bible says innocently, there are some people that innocently joined a conspiracy. They, they, they didn't even know what it is. All they did was they had a flock mentality to something that was well orchestrated. And so the Bible says they joined it innocently and as the momentum gained, uh, the conspiracy grew. It's like a virus. Um, the virus can only spread when there's people spreading. And so as people came to it innocently, the conspiracy grew in strength. I want to tell you today that some things that you think are minute, it gains energy as you go along. But you know where the energy is coming from? It's backed by demons. It's backed by forces of wickedness. And that's what you must be perceptive to see. That's what you must be discerning to know that behind every force that is physical, there is also a spiritual wickedness that is empowering it. This scripture talks so much about being strengthened by demonic forces, a conspiracy Innocent people get caught up in it. Uh, it's attractive at first, but behind it is a force of wickedness. So what I'm trying to show you is that there is a conspiracy, something that's conspired by 10, 11, 12 minds, but people can energize it and the energy is coming from demonic forces. Wherever you see chaos, you must look for a demon. Let me say that again. Wherever you see chaos, look for a demon. Starting from Genesis chapter 1. And the earth was without form and void and chaos ruled. And then the Spirit of God came in. We need to be conduits for the Spirit of God. Introduce the Spirit of God. And that's why the Bible says in Matthew that you need to be the salt of the earth. You need to be the light of the world. And so understand that there is a conspiracy that is going on. This thing is driven by spiritual wickedness and forces of evil. Now, I want to go today, and this is what I, I, I came to talk about. Lean into the consequences of the loot. The consequences of the loot. Let me just talk. There are people that have looted. But there's going to be an opportunity for those that have not made a sacrifice to loot. I say sacrifice to loot in inverted commas. Uh, those were the ground soldiers who went to loot. Now, a lot of communities like to buy things cheap. I'm talking to the, the cheap, discounted people who are looking for the loot. And uh, people are going to want to convert LG. Samsung, 
into money and they are going to come to communities to sell that, to convert it into cash. It's going to be cash converters all the way. I'm going to teach you the consequence of the loot. And I want to ask you today, if you don't catch anything, my advice and my counsel to you, I'm talking to you, I'm your pastor, I'm asking you to remain uncontaminated in this era, in this season, because people are going to offer you things cheap. And let me tell you this morning, listen to me, lean in, cheap is expensive. It may be cheap physically, but it's going to cost you spiritually. Listen to me. I don't want, de- I've been praying so hard for you. I don't want to come back and fight demons that have come into your home. Listen to me. If you buy things that were looted, you are going to open your door to demons to come into your house. You will not sleep. I'm telling you, you will have no peace because the loot is the license of demons to enter into your house. Please listen to me. If you got any looted stuff, take it and throw it out. Get rid of it. Stone it. Burn it. Purge your house because that's an aerial of attraction for demons to come in. It's the devil's license to stay in your, not only your house, but to stay into your household and to go down your children's line and to visit them with curses. Never will a blessing come to that generation. I, ooh, this makes me, you know, especially to the communities that think that they are going to come out of poverty because of this. They had a freedom. It's the devil that opened the door to keep you for another generation and generations to come. The curse will never lift. You may be happy for a week. You may be happy for a month. You may be happy for a year, but Inside of it, there's going to be demonic presence in your house. Listen to me. Listen to me, mother, mother. How are you going to handle the situation three or four years down the line when your children kill and steal and come home and they say, Mommy, see what I got. You're going to ask them, where did you get it from? They're going to say, we stole it. And you are going to teach the value of not stealing. But you have a fridge that you stole. You have items. You've given the devil a legal right to bind your house. You will be troubled on every side. That loot is demonic invitation for demons to come into your house. Now communities have invited demons to come into their place and you will see if the loot stays in that place demons 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 will trouble that place there'll be no peace for the next generation and a generation to come as long as that spirit is there you've taken the physical item but you cannot see that you invited the spiritual dimension of wickedness to come in listen to me if i'm your pastor if you ever buy something that is looted and and you got it for cheap 
I tell you what, I don't know how you're going to purge your house, but listen to your pastor. Get rid of it. I have said I will have nothing that's stolen in my home. I put my foot on it. I put my foot on that scorpion. I bind it. Now you say, Pastor, you're so emotional. Um, where's the righteousness in, in all of this? Let me give you the scripture for it. I want you to study it. The consequence of a loot is spoken about in Joshua chapter 7. You can read the whole chapter. Now Joshua is winning battles. He just beat Jericho. Ah, they, they shouted at Jericho. They first couldn't have a big city, but they defeated Jericho. And then he goes to the next place called AI. The men, his advisors say, we don't need a large army. Scale it down. They scale it down, but when they attack AI, they are defeated. They come back licking their wounds and say, why are we defeated? And the answer is in chapter number 7, verse 20. Let's read it. There's a man called Achan, part of the tribes, answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. And this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coverted them and I took them. He's coming out with the truth. And there they are, hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent, with the silver under it. Joshua said, why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. So all Israel stoned Achan with stones and they burned them with fire after they stoned them with stones. Realizing what a curse can come in. Uh, they, they wanted to purge, not only stoned him, but they also burned him. So that that spirit, they were trying to get rid of the spirit. They wanted to purge their house. I tell you what, I say again. If you don't get rid of it, like Joshua. Joshua, Joshua said, we will never win future battles. We'll never have future victories if we lose this battle to loot in. And by, by God, the wisdom of God, they had to purge the house, burn that tribe, burn his house. Uh, they didn't even, not only lost Achan, but they lost Achan's sheep, goats, uh, all of his wealth, the gold, everything, the silver, everything. Uh, that means a small opening of a little loot can cause you to lose everything that you've been blessed with so far. I'm talking to our tiders today. You know, your tide protects you. You know, as your pastor, I pray over your tide. Let me tell you, if you use the same money that you tied with and you spend it on loot just because it's cheap, you are going to suffer loss. You'd rather lose the 5,000 rands on that algae TV than rather than losing all the blessings. The blessing of the Lord, it makes rich. And adds no sorrow. I was not going to say this, but let me just teach again. Listen to me. You know, when people want to go into business, they come to this altar and they ask us, let's pray for the business. If that's done in the church, it's done in all other places. People go to Sungumas. People go to witches. 
people go to witchcraft asking for their businesses to be blessed. Some people are crying out into the spiritual realm for the loss that they are suffering. You know what's happening now? In the spirit realm, can you see the fight that's going on? Those people are releasing curses on those people that burned. Those people that... that that stole, those people that have looted. Can you see the intensity of the spirit? There's a war in the spiritual dimension. Those business people are now, they're, they're heavy in their hearts. They're crying into spiritual dimensions. You think there's not going to be a force that's going to come towards that? There's going to be forces in the spiritual dimension. There's going to be war in the spiritual dimension. There's going to be crossing of swords in the spiritual dimension. <laughs> you got a fridge and you're happy about it, but the spirit is coming. There's a spiritual uh, wickedness. There's a force. Uh, you may even uh, feel uh, uh, as if there's, there's lightning and wind. Although it's, there's nothing in the natural, it will be in your house. There will be trouble in every sector of your life. I'm, not, I, I'm passionate about it. I'm not speaking it out as a curse. But I'm just coming to tell you that's how it's going to come to you. It's going to come as a curse. Curse. Uh, those communities, uh, uh, I, I was talking to my uh, pastor friends in those communities and saying, man, you got such a job uh, at your hand after this. You're going to have to fight demons because all of that loot behind it is all of that spiritual wickedness. It's going to be hard in those communities. Uh, there's going to be a curse. There's going to there's gonna be a force of wickedness that has to be fought. You're going to have to walk upon uh, those, those serpents and those scorpions. And, and then there's the issue you can see as a side of it, the demons are already feeding the, 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 the thing about race. This is not about Indian versus black, white against black. No. The door has been opened. Can you see the consequence? We say in the consequence, but it is a spirit Spiritual ramification for more violence. There's a thirst for blood, family of God. There's a thirst for blood and it will be appeased. It has to be appeased by killing. But today, because we know my people perish for a lack of understanding, we understand. We don't play into it. That's why I'm saying we are going to fast and we are going to pray and we are going to Push back the spirit. Man, I think my time is out, but I hope that I have brought this message to you. This is how we'll fight our battles. We may think we're surrounded, but we are surrounded by God's love. Listen to me. I'm talking to our church. I've been following up. Is everybody well? Is the circle not broken? And for now, Everything is well. People phoned me and said, Pastor, is our church, is our Israel intact? To God be the glory. I want you just to swing around, just, just swing the camera, maybe around. Forgive our, our scaffolding out there. We're just paying attention to maintenance as well. But I want you to clap your hands. Give God praise. Our church is intact. Um, and I give God all the glory. Uh, one of these nights, I was posting warrior angels all over this building. And I want you to please pray, pray that our Israel stays intact. And uh, 
it's, it's people like you that are praying for us. Thank you so much. I had a call from Sebastian and Ailey from Saudi Arabia saying, is our church intact? Thank you for your concern. Thank you to all the people that have rallied around and offered support. And uh, speaking about support, I want to say, we've, you know, Nisha is presently in the boardroom. She's putting packs of, of rice and oil. We are going to distribute first to our senior citizens. If there's any person that needs something, we, we, we will source it out and try and get it to you and help you. So if there's anybody that, that has a dire need for some of these things, uh, please let us know. I'm not sure if we can but we'll try and use our centers of influence and try and get things uh, uh, unlocked and supplied to you listen don't lose hope don't become discouraged people are looking for all kinds of alternatives that may not be the remedy of god for your life Ooh. I like that. People are looking for all kinds of alternatives that are not necessarily God's remedy for your life. In the midst of the storm, stay calm. And, and here's another thing that, that's constantly upsetting us. You know what's contaminating my stream? Looking at some negative messages on social media. Social media is not giving us good news at this time. I know it's the reality of things that are happening, but there's so many good things that are also happening. Uh, so, so try not to have your water contaminated. That's what I'm saying. Don't let Murky waters flow into the water of Zion. Is that all right? Well, I just want to tell you that we love you, Nisha and I. We, we love you. We thank God for the opportunity to pastor you. Um, it's an emotional time. But um, we're looking forward to getting back. Now, the president has also said that he's going to allow churches and religious organizations to meet and to pray. Perhaps as you watch right now, it's a Sunday, and um, churches will be allowed to gather again just to pray. We'll see how that goes, and we'll keep you informed. Uh, but for now, let's just use the Zoom platform. That's tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We'll meet, and then we'll take it from there uh, concerning next week, if it's safe to open. <laughs> All of a sudden, people have lost focus on COVID, and uh, they now focusing on the unrest, but uh, that also is prevalent. And let me say this to you as a parting shot. I respect the ruling party. I respect the president, not necessarily the person. I'm not saying I don't respect President Cyril Ramaphosa, but I deeply respect the office of the presidency. Uh, whoever sits on that seat will have my respect because not of who the person is, but because of the principle that is embedded in my Bible that says that I should respect ruling authorities. So whoever is on that seat, I as a pastor, and us as a church, we will pray for our president. We will pray for the wisdom of God to prevail. The hand of the Lord is on the heart of the king. And if we pray hard enough, 
God's hand will steer the heart of the king like he steers the waters of a river, so says the word of God, into places that it should go. We need not condemn our president. We need to pray for our president. So let's pray for the ruling party. Let's pray uh, that he makes right decisions and uh, we ask God and the Spirit of God to hover over that high place because there's also principalities that he's wrestling with. And so, if you're in my church, we endorse the office of the president. We do not speak badly about him. And let me say also, in this nation, we love everyone. You have seen, and I want to say this to you, to you, and I told you I came to talk to you. You have seen many of my friends who are black pastors that have stood on this altar. Of each one, I have the utmost respect for our black pastors, our black brothers. I myself, I think I'm brown outside but I'm black inside. I want you to know this, that your pastor has a lot of love and I want the same love to be in your heart for our black brothers because in God, there's no race. There's just God's people. So we need to see and love our black brothers in the main. You know, I've been associating with some white brothers and there's a lot of good in them too. And so uh, South Africa, there's a turn. God is turning it. The adversity, but he's going to also, if we allow him, to allow us to be joined together, not only in our suburbs, but in our hearts. Uh, I want you to open your heart to love all people because hatred is of the devil. But love is of God.